Welcome. Welcome, lovely listeners, to another episode of the Soccer Capital Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Turner, and joining me in our studios in Southern Illinois is a man who did a, well, absolutely led a victory in week one of uh, fantasy soccer for MLS, goes straight to his head. It's producer Mason. Yes, as a, as the victor of week one in the Soccer Capital League fantasy, uh, I will be assuming control of the podcast. It's day one of the coup. And I, for one, welcome our new overlords. <laughs> and joining us from somewhere in West County, St. Louis, is a man that video assistant referee cannot tell where his hand was. It's Sean Campbell. My hands were up. My hands were up. You can see them. They're in plain view. <laughs> I promise. Also, um, if I do win next week's uh, fantasy, it's going to be by a fluke, and I will retain actual control of the podcast. <laughs> yes, uh, the <laughs> the uh, the hidden prize for winning the Soccer Capital League fantasy is that you get control of the Soccer Capital podcast. <laughs> Only if you're on the show, though. You fans, you get input, though. We'll accept your input always. Just want to let you guys know I have thermobaric weapons. <laughs> and if you did not know, we have started a fantasy MLS league on MLSsoccer.com. Uh, you're happy. We welcome you to join and you can look up uh, the name and the code in the show notes for this show. We've got about seven players so far. We only had Mason and uh, Sean for the first week, so it's building. Yeah. And uh, it should be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. Yeah, I will have the league code in the show notes for you, and you go to fantasy.mlssoccer.com, and you'll search that code under leagues to join. Um, yeah, me and Sean do have a one-week head start, but looking at some of the some of you guys who have already joined, um, we are going to get our butts kicked. So, <laughs> yeah, if I had the team I've got last week, I would have had 118 points. Would have just mopped up the floor with you know each one of you in turn yeah but <laughs> because i only won on maxime Cripo points <laughs> speaking of fantasy football what's not fantasy is that st louis city sc has got another signing for the first team announced this week it's a 22 year old czech youth international attacking midfielder or forward it's a uh, tomas ostrak uh he's been with fc Kohn's system Often with their uh, Bundesliga two team, I believe their second division team. Uh, he did have four uh, first Bundesliga matches this year for Cologne, or Cologne if you prefer that pronunciation. And he did get to play one match in the DFB Pokal, the German uh, Cup competition. Uh, he had interest to come back to Cologne. He also had interest with other teams in Europe and in Germany. But he expressed an interest in moving to MLS and went ahead and signed with uh, Lutz and St. Louis City SC. So we're happy to have him. He'll be coming in in the summer, probably in July. He's five foot nine inches, a right-footed midfielder. Uh, what's been reported is it's a four-year deal. Terms we do not know. He was a free agent, so it's a free transfer. They didn't spend anything too long to get him. His value on Transfer Market, uh, the website, is rated at around $825,000, but uh, they didn't pay anything for him. Uh, one thing about where he's coming from, Colton is an extremely active uh, pressing team. 
playing very much the style that Lutz wants to play. Lutz pointed out uh, that uh, he pointed out his technical ability, his uh, knowledge of City's playing style, uh, his work ethic, and his ability to create chances. He's an attacking midfielder, and uh, we'll see how it goes. I don't think he's going to be a linchpin of the first team when they start. Could be. He'll get a chance to train, it looks like, for half a season with uh, City 2. And uh, we're excited to have him aboard. So now we've got two players on the team. Yeah. uh, Very happy that the team is starting to take shape. Um, Just the trickle of news. It's going to keep ramping up. I say this every week. It's going to keep ramping up. But yeah, we're getting signings. We're getting players. It's... It's becoming more and more coherent. It's becoming a true and proper club. And it's not, it's no longer just like a fantasy. Exactly. And that wasn't the only movement for the club. For our MLS Next Pro Team, City 2, uh, we've got Kwame Awa and Vitor Taillas. They're both international players, should join the team sometime soon. Both midfielders both with uh, some experience. Uh, Awa has been with Forge FC in the Canadian League. Might remember them. They did play in CCL this year. He's a 26-year-old Canadian. And uh, Diaz is a 23-year-old from Marshall University. He was drafted by Vancouver in the recent Super Draft. He was the 86th overall pick. They elected not to sign him, so St. Louis City went ahead and took him on. He'll get to play in the second in the uh, lower division league for City. And speaking of City, they're still in their preseason at the time of this recording, and we're recording on Tuesday afternoon. They're playing at Maryville University. Uh, the big game is this weekend on Saturday at Creepcourt Park, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Louisville City will be coming into town, and if you're interested, uh, we're planning very much to be there. Uh, joining the St. Luligans for their tailgate at 1.30 prior to the game. Looking forward to that a lot. The King's Cup returns, albeit briefly. So, Be a really good test for this team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also City 2 are playing right now, as we're recording, uh, against Maryville. I just checked. It looks like there's no score at the moment. Um, you will know more, dear listener, because the game will have happened for you. <laughs> <laughs> And, of course, it's practice. Uh, Probably not as high stakes as, say, playing Lou City or the Memphis 901 that they played in the earlier home game. Also a USL championship team. Those are uh, bigger games to get tested for the regular season. Yeah. And we're talking practice. 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 Not a game. But there is a game. A real game. On a schedule. I know. I can't believe it either. Yeah, City 2 will kick off the regular season, not just for them, not just their inaugural game for the team, the inaugural game for the league. The very first MLS Next Pro game will be Friday, March 25th at Herman Stadium at uh, SLU, 7 p.m., and they'll be taking on Rochester, New York FC. Formerly the Rochester Rhinos. Uh, We got a couple of tickets to that game. We're going to be there. For the first professional uh, game under the St. Louis City umbrella. 
We're looking forward to that a lot. Very excited for that. So, some exciting to have warm weather, exciting to have live soccer, and going to be excited to see them. So, if you're out either for the big game this Saturday against Lou City, or especially that regular season game, look for us. You can always find the fat old man in the funny hat. That's me. <laughs> uh, Sean and uh, Mason will be around with their usual get up as well. Be very happy to meet you. We meet a lot of friends there, old friends, new friends, and we look forward to it a lot. So a lot of exciting news going on with uh, St. Louis City SC. And taking a look around some of the other happenings in the world of soccer, uh, former MLS Red Bull uh, head coach and Montreal head coach Jesse Marsh is replacing the legendary uh, uh, Bielsa with Leeds United. He will be playing this weekend against Leicester City. So hope he does better than Bob Bradley did at Swansea. But uh, he's got a he's got a hard. Hard job ahead of him before the end of the year to try to keep uh, leads. You get the ship turned around and keep him away from relegation there. This does unfortunately mean that Jesse Marsh is unlikely to fill the role in STL City as team animal. Yes. We could do it in a, a, a honorarium. <laughs> <laughs> Plot twist. Plot twist. Nelly is now the team puppy. <laughs> I like that. Other big news is uh, MLS TV rights and U- U.S. Soccer Federation rights are no longer tied together. U.S. Soccer did announce that they've come to agreement uh, that future games will be shown with uh, Turner Broadcasting. So TBS, TNT, and they have agreement with HBO Max. So look forward to that through the next cycle. Yep, the uh, it's <laughs> it's time to start signing subscriptions, <laughs> and uh, also keep in mind that this only affects in World Cup qualifying only the home matches in the U.S. The away matches are under whatever contract that the uh, the home team for those matches have. Univision for most of them, I'm expecting. Yeah, they all went with uh, Paramount Plus under a well, most of them under a group contract to broadcast in the U.S. there. Yeah, which uh, Paramount Plus has been nothing but user-friendly, mm, let me tell you. Yeah. I've never had a problem with Paramount Plus. I've had then a lot of lucky. problems with the Paramount Plus. <laughs> yeah, this is the airing of grievances. <laughs> yes, that's right. It's it's the crew it's the crew miss for the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of the airing of grievances... MLS started this past weekend. <laughs> it will give you a rundown of some of the things that we saw. And uh, is, oh, no, is our, just as right is in. our want, we're going to go ahead and let Sean Campbell recap uh, the first game on the agenda where Atlanta United hosted Sporting Kansas City. How'd that go, Sean? throwing me to the wolves. Just throwing me to the wolves on the first game. You know... It's your team. All right. <laughs> I know. Why do I have to start all the time, though? Anyway, Atlanta United Only came out. Lose. <laughs> hey, except you did it when we won, too. We got complaints you about the Sporting KC Minute. We got complaints <laughs> about that sh- about that stuff. Anyway, we'll start off with, with my team. Yeah, they uh, they got played out of the building. I'm not going to lie. The uh, the Atlanta midfield was just way too much for us. Our midfield was 
not it, it was uninspired uninspired at best if i'm being completely honest uninspired at best um yuri Rosell, we brought him back after a long time away from the team expecting him to come back and do the same thing that won us a cup didn't end up working and so we subbed in mari who got subbed out 25 minutes later because he also <laughs> yeah. isn't working there it's we need Busio back. Can we bring him back? Can we retract our transfer to Venezia? Maybe, please. No. Okay. No, you well, probably spent the money. Yeah. No, we really didn't. We really didn't. <laughs> um, yeah. What's the uh, What's the but, return uh, policy on soccer transfers? <laughs> Vermees lost the, the receipt. <laughs> you can't get him back. <laughs> the big takeaway from this game, though, is the fact that Atlanta United, who was missing some seemingly big pieces and is now missing uh, um, Araujo, Araujo. I think that's how you pronounce it. Because I of think it is. <laughs> Either way, Luis is out and we don't know how long he's going to be out, but even missing some other pieces that were seemingly big, Atlanta put in a huge performance and absolutely, if they can keep this up year round, I don't care if they lose a few games. If if that is what they're going to look like on the pitch year all through the season, they they're going to turn some heads. They're going to make a deep run. Um, but again, it's a short sample size. We don't know. It's just game one, luckily. Yeah. But at the same time, look <laughs> out for Atlanta. They're coming together and they're looking dangerous. <laughs> Yeah, uh, not not my want to uh, to speculate wildly. However, uh, to speculate wildly, <laughs> um, no, this could be a, a a kind of a return of form for Atlanta, who has struggled, uh, really like kind of lost their uh, their tempo, their momentum that they carried. Um, but yeah, like Sean said, it's one game, and it was it's the start of the season. Everyone looks leggy. Everyone looks out of shape because they are. It hurts, Sean, to have Dom Dwyer score a goal. I was hoping we didn't have to mention that, <laughs> but okay. Um, although I am happy for Dom, I'm happy that he can find a place where he can play and actually be impactful. Because we had him for a while, and then he left to make the big money to go play somewhere else and be just as impactful, and didn't end up being impactful. But I'm glad he's returning to form. I just wish we had picked him up when we had the chance, when we knew Polito was going to be out, and brought back the magic. But we did He looks good playing off of Joseph Martinez. He looked pretty good playing on the wing there. Uh, one thing, either good for Atlanta, they won without a lot of players, or the bad thing was they won without the players that were out, because we don't know anything about Diego Almeida talented but we don't know how he's going to fit in moreno's good sosa's good but they have a tendency to be selfish out there and alan franco can be up and down he can be very good uh, some days and just you know a dumpster fire some days so it might have been a positive you know by subtraction having those players out it'll be something to keep an eye on uh the defending uh supporter shield uh, winners new england revolution uh, had a game on Big Fox against uh, in Portland at Providence Park. Is a heck of a game. That's a heck of a game. Uh, Sebastian Legette, coming over from the LA Galaxy, got a goal for the Revolution, and Himichara already has the goal of the year with that bicycle kick to score. Yeah, it ended up being a two-two draw. 
really good game for a first game. Uh, far and away the best game of the of the week. Yeah, I disagree it, uh, with it, that. Mm. But we'll get to that <laughs> later. It was a great Bull. game to watch. I will give you that. But I do not think it was. It was not my favorite game to watch. But we'll get to That's that later. A bold. <laughs> That's a bold take. But uh, also, it figures that the one game that I didn't watch on Saturday was the best one. <laughs> yeah, that figures. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta plan ahead. Get your schedule out. Do a flowchart, something. <laughs> uh, becoming the Nostradamus of MLS. New England being one of the stories of this week was the teams in CONCACAF Champions League didn't do very well. They went 0-4-1, the draw being New England. But does that count? Because New England got a, a forfeit in both of their games, so they didn't play. Uh MLS is not that deep to carry a lot of teams to carry the load, especially early on the season, uh, playing, you know, with Champions League games and the uh, regular uh, MLS schedule. As was showed by Seattle, who in CCL, the last game against Matagua, put up five goals. They didn't get any against Nashville. May have something to do with their opponent. Nashville's defense looked really good and strong. And uh, they held uh, Seattle to just 0.4 XG, expected goals. Seattle couldn't really break them down any. And then uh, a little scramble. Annabelle Godoy's there at the back post, gets the header in, scores the goal. And Nashville walks out of Luma Field with all three points in the Western Conference, a big top of the Western Conference show down there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> Uh, history will uh, vindicate me later, but here I very much take an L, um, at least in the first week. Uh, I predicted Nashville to not shape up quite as well against the heavy hitters in the West, and they went into Seattle and told them what for. <laughs> yeah, it, they beat them up. They didn't beat them up. They just stopped them from playing. Yeah. And no, Seattle looked leggy. Yeah. And Nashville's defense was surprising to nobody, extremely strong. Yeah, no, Nashville definitely came in and did Nashville things. Yeah. No Rui Diaz. Don't know how much that might have helped. No, the weekend, the LA Galaxy played host to uh, reigning MLS Cup champ, the NYCFC, and they took them down 1 0. The biggest takeaway I had from this game was the LA Galaxy's defense was much better. Uh, this year than it had been in the last couple. Uh, see if that holds up. Being much better than abysmally awful is not that big a step, but uh, they held a NYCFC to uh, no goals, and they got a very, very nice Chicharito poacher finish at the end to uh, give themselves the win. Nice start for uh, LA Galaxy there. Yeah, I watched this game, um, and... Yeah, the Galaxy's defense looked strong. They had a really good transition play too. Um, they would they would stop NYCFC and then get right back on the counter. They didn't have much to show for it until the, until the last couple of minutes with Chicharito, but it was a strong counterplay. Douglas Costa was in this one. He was kind of bright and lively early, but I didn't really see a lot from him. Didn't really gel with the team that much. I didn't think. Uh. Speaking of gelling, not just in his hair, 
big game for Carlos Vela as LAFC took down uh, defending Western Conference Conference champion Colorado Rapids 3-0. Vela with the hat trick. Well done. Really well played. Uh, Colorado elected to sit on the laurels and didn't bring in any attacking talent, even though they have three open DP spots and they were completely toothless in the attack in this one. Oh, yeah. We all knew the Rapids were going to absolutely flop when it came to goal scoring. They had a problem with it last year. They managed to make it work somehow. But this year, they just it's a problem that's going to be glaring if they don't fix it soon by finding that right player in the right style. And then their defense didn't really lock down either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, speaking of LAFC, I kind of want to say that, like, you know, yeah, Maxime Cropot came in and kind of fixed up a lot of their goalkeeping, but he wasn't challenged. It's it's hard to say. <laughs> yeah. It worked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Clean sheet. So, you know, it goes in the stat book. Yeah. He, he was the difference maker in this game. <laughs> he was the difference. He was the difference maker on my fantasy team. <laughs> Another uh, exciting game. Uh, Philadelphia played host to Minnesota United, a couple of teams that could be quite good this year. Uh, Philadelphia, I really expect to be good. Minnesota, we're out a little bit, but uh, Minnesota went into Philadelphia and played well, got a point in this one. Philadelphia didn't have their new DP uh, striker, uh, Michael Ure, so Corey Burke steps up and scores the goal for him. Robert Ludd had a great goal. Also had a great pass that went nowhere in the second half. He had a very good game and kind of enjoyed watching this one. Yeah, that was a fun game. Um, As much as I'm a neutral for a lot of these, uh, I have like a very deep spiritual love for the city of Philadelphia because it's rude and rowdy. And also it's the only city where a lot of DIY punk bands play in a church, (laughs) which is awesome. Uh, So, yeah, I was rooting for Philly here and it was a fun game. Uh, Minnesota looked better than I expected, and it it was it was exciting. There was a lot of stuff happening. <laughs> Things per minute was high in that game, even if it was a one-one draw. That is true. It was a good game for the neutral on that one. What wasn't was uh, unless you're particularly uh, you got uh, Lucas Zellerion on your uh, fantasy team was Columbus destroying Vancouver. 4-0 in this one. Uh, started off with a surprise. Miguel Barry gained the start over Giassi Zardes. Uh, paid off in the eighth minute when he scored the first goal of the game. Uh, Zellerion scored. Was a monster in this game. And to cap everything off, Vancouver got a red card in the 53rd minute. Uh, it was pretty much over by then anyway. Yeah, I alluded to it earlier. This is This is history vindicating me. Um, Vancouver did not shore up their goalkeeping and it shows. Yeah, it was, yeah, it wasn't good. Although I am actually quite surprised to see that that Miguel Berry goal did not go down as an own goal because that went right off of Vancouver player's head and in. (laughs) It was on target. So usually they'll give it to the uh, striker in that case, the attacker. Giving it up to the attack (laughs) is what Cincinnati did in their first game taking on a younger team than them, Austin, and they got, what's the word I'm looking for? Trounced. Shellat. 
They got uh, bad. <laughs> Since he got battle of cursed here. I, I, it was a shellacking. It was five nil. They're cursed to get the wooden spoon for forever in my brain. Like it's it's never going to happen for them. If there was relegation, they'd get relegated to fourth tier real quick. <laughs> I I don't like that we are basically an FC Cincinnati bullying podcast, but it's so hard to not do it. <laughs> I really want them to be good. Those fans keep showing up. The fans do very well. Their attendance is very high. Yeah, they're passionate (laughs) about the game and they need to be rewarded. There's a lot that's admirable about Cincy. But one of those things is not the play on the field. (laughs) It's really starting the front office with the initial build getting it all wrong. And they just throw money at it instead of having a plan. Uh, they got the right people in to affect a plan, but it's going to take some time to clean this one up, I got a feeling. Austin looked good in the attack. Uh, they were pretty punchless most of last year. They look quite good. Cecilia Dominguez with two goals. Uh, Kip Keller, Slew's own, had a heck of a game in uh, getting the start in his first possible MLS regular season game. Big news there. Uh Myself, Matt Doyle, a lot of people think they Cincinnati really upgraded with the goalkeeping with Alex Kahn. He had an own goal in a second half stoppage time. Not that it really mattered. <laughs> yeah, um, a real like beautiful game moment there. But um, it's also like <laughs> it's kind of straw that broke the camel's back thing. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, I'm really hoping that this is a sign of good things to come. If nothing else, for the sake of the the wonderful people over at Moon Tower, because I really enjoy talking to those guys, and they they deserve to have good wins like this and a great season. So, props to Austin for coming out and actually trouncing somebody for once instead yeah. of being on the receiving end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and congrats to uh, to Landon and Jeremiah. <laughs> and, and Austin did a good job of building their team. They had some struggles. They didn't really get the striker, plus the injuries took away any chance they had of scoring early on. Uh, They did good work midway through the season. Uh, Don't know how much better it'll pick up, but uh, they certainly did a lot better job building their team than Cincinnati did at the beginning. Yeah, that's for sure. We've talked about it before, but uh, Austin had a pretty solid roster at the start, but they were absolutely toothless up front. Kind of righted that midway through, but it wasn't enough. They've really righted the ship here, it seems. They also were very slow in the back and midfield. They seem to have gotten more speed. That'll help them a great deal from getting just rinsed on uh, the on the counter and in transition. Yeah, I mean, you know, expansion team struggles, but it seems like they uh, learn fast down there. A team looked pretty good was Orlando against... Uh, Club de Foot Montreal team that didn't seem like they were quite in gear. Again, you've got a team without any depth playing in CCL. They looked at, they look like they were leggy. Uh, Orlando's big signing Facundo Torres started in this game. Uh, he'll have to get up the speed. Big news is former uh, AC Milan wonderkind Alexander Pato scored. I think it's his first regular season MLS goal. Yep. Uh, he never really kicked on, but uh, talent's there. He starts scoring. They won't miss Daryl DK too much. See how that goes. Red Bull New York against San Jose. 
at San Jose. Red Bulls won 3-1. I don't know how often Red Bulls will win 3-1, but when they do, it'll probably be against San Jose. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> some real, like, vulture-carrying situation here. <laughs> uh, they San Jose... <laughs> Almeida's getting ready to leave San Jose. He put out some just bizarre defensive shape. Did not work. Uh, they were not good. Uh, big news, also for the U.S. men's national team, Aaron Long is back at center back for uh, Red Bulls. And uh, also in this one, St. Louis' own Tom Barlow getting a stoppage time goal in the 92nd minute for Red Bull New York. Yeah. One thing that we can say is that it's nice that the Quakes are still weird. Oh, they're weird. <laughs> yeah, they're weird. Uh, I just don't think they're going to have those games where they're weird and good. Yeah. Uh, they're just going to be weird and weird. That's what happens when you lose a player like like Wando. You can be chaotic as you can be, and Wando was the identity of that and managed to make it work. But without him, I, I don't see it coming together for them this year, like at all. They lost Vines, too. They had Jackson Ewell playing as a center back. Yeah, they're they're still weird. <laughs> it was weird. Uh, good game was uh, FC Dallas versus Toronto. It was a draw. This 1-1. was my pick for the game of the week. It, they they played well. Uh, there was a lot of games on at the same time. I just kept coming back to this one because it had less of the uh, first, you know, opening week of the season sort of bad soccer about it. Uh, Paxson Pomacall looked great in midfield. Had uh, for the opening for Dallas's goal, he just had a great through ball to Ariola, put in a great ball to Obreon, who finished it off. Uh, got past the VAR, they got the goal there. Uh, Toronto evened that one up. One thing to look for here, Jaquiel Marshall Ruddy from Toronto. Remember that name. He's a 17 year old winger. Can play out the back if need be. They've been talking about hit this guy for three years. He'll be in Europe soon. Uh, he's a great young talent in MLS. See how long we get to watch him. So if you get a chance, watch Jaquille Marshall Ruddy. I just want to say before we move on, this game had less of a opening weekend vibe and definitely more of a mid-season, full-on form you know, two teams fighting for tr- fighting to stay in the playoff spot kind of vibe for me. And that's even when you have two teams that were bottom of the table last year fighting for it, you know, you can get that kind of vibe. But I, it, it was less of we're fighting to not be last and more of we're fighting to stay in a playoff spot. And I'm very appreciative of both those teams who did a lot of work in the offseason to try to be better. And it's it shows. Yeah, a surprisingly strong showing from two clubs that I would not have expected <laughs> coming out of the the preseason here. A couple of good coaches there. Bob Bradley had his team going. Uh, name escapes me. Estevez? Yes, Dallas? Estevez. Uh, he's been around. Uh, they were they were in shape and they were going. And uh, there is some talent on both these teams. I enjoyed watching that game. Another one I was surprised I was enjoyed watching was Miami uh, taking on uh, Chicago. Miami were going full pink in this one. Miami went full mingo. <laughs> <laughs> full flamingo. Uh, they were so much more fun to watch. They got rid of all that dead weight on that team. Uh, they really seemed like a team that cared. 
unlike they've been doing the last couple of years. Unlike Cincinnati that dropped so much money in their rebuild, Miami just cut their losses. Uh, had had nothing to work with because of the fines, working their way out of it. They've got Gonzalo Higuain, not as a striker now. He's going to play, it looks like they're going to have him play back off of the striker. More of a number 10, and he's wearing the number 10. Uh, kind of fitting and using his talents, and he has so many, uh, to uh, facilitate the attack. And it seemed to work quite well. Maybe his best fit. Uh, Shakiri looked lively. Didn't impact the game that much to the eye, but at the end of it all, he had five uh, key passes in the game and a wonderful nutmeg that didn't go anywhere after the end of the play. But uh, there's talent there. I don't know where these two teams will be at the end of the year, but uh, that was a fun game to watch. Yeah. Uh, Inter-Miami's extremely smart restructuring is already paying dividends. Yeah, and just having a team that looks like they really are hungry and care. Higuain looked in better shape. They just look like a better team. One I didn't watch, I don't know if you guys did, uh, DC United uh, played Charlotte. I watched it sort of the beginning. Uh, DC won 3-0 in this one. DC United, from what I gathered, they deserved the victory, but that scoreline flattered them. Charlotte was really hard done by by the refs in this game. Uh, So not a terrible showing for Charlotte. It was better than 3-0. I wanted to bring this up because I had this game turned on when... um... Uh, had a couple of takeaways. Uh, the broadcast for ESPN Plus was the Charlotte feed, and um, apologies to whoever the broadcaster is for Charlotte, but um, he sounded like a dork. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was my immediate impression, so I apologies to him. Um, but also, uh, I saw when I had the game on, Charlotte scored, and then I turned it off to watch a different game. I don't remember which one. And then I saw the final score of 3-0. So I guess that goal got disallowed, or taken back, rather, and for offsides? I don't know why. You know what? I'm not sure, because I didn't really watch this game. Yeah, a, a real momentous occasion taken away from re- by refing. <laughs> it's tough. Charlotte gets their home game this week. They're trying to break 75,000. Uh, what was the attendance for Atlanta? They drew 67,000. NFL stadiums, ladies and gentlemen. Mm -hmm. And that just about wraps up MLS. Oh, I forgot. Houston played RSL. Yes, they did play. It was a nil-nil draw. Wait, they they played a game? That happened? (laughs) I guess Uh, they did. I will verbatim read the notes that we have written down for this game. It is Houston 0, Real Salt Lake 0. There was a game. And if you watched it... More power to you, Luke. Yeah. You have a stronger will than I. That is for sure. I I watched a little bit of it. I was like, I'm turning this off. Yeah, I had the start of that game on until the the Seattle-Nashville game started. (laughs) Or, no, it wasn't Seattle-Nashville. Which game? I don't remember. Anyway. Yeah, I turned that game off pretty quick. Yeah, no, that was (laughs) Seattle-Nashville. Oh, it was. Yeah, that's right. All right. History has vindicated me once again. So that's what we got for MLS over this weekend, recapping that. You know, it's the first week. Teams aren't really ready. You got teams that haven't played a game. Well, CCL, you think they'd be sharper, but they've got to get travel, you know, time down. They're not in. Players aren't fully fit. You know, they're about 70% fit as they will be in the year. Not a lot to gather. Uh, 
a lot of these players that had good weeks may not have another good week the rest of the year. Some of these teams that were kind of punchless might be better at the end of the year. It's MLS. Who knows? That's why we watch. It's yeah. pure chaos. Yeah, we know how this story goes, and the way the story goes is who knows. <laughs> I do want to make one last one last observation um, going back to that FC Dallas-Toronto game. They finished number one and number two, Dallas and Toronto, respectively, in uh, passes from the quote-unquote prime area being the outer edges of the bo- of the 18 that ended up in the middle of the 18 with seven with eight and seven and uh that's that's very telling when you get passes like that from that area it's about as close as you can get to you know passing into a wide open player in the slot in hockey for those that are joining us from hockey yeah you got michael bradley at the six bob bradley that's what he's about uh you got paxton pomichol healthy it looks like doing that's what he does uh it was it was a good game. Look forward to seeing if they keep it up. Yeah. I mean, I it, it wasn't enough for me to like reevaluate my my impressions of them from preseason, but to reiterate what I said earlier, it was surprisingly strong showings from those clubs. They played their butts off. So all in all, mostly pretty good opening weekend for MLS. It was fun. Yeah. Um it's always fun the start of the season. Um you get a lot of a lot of bad soccer because <laughs> it's the first game of the season, but it's always fun. I did send out a tweet, you know, every every year, every league. I get so excited for opening week and about 20 minutes in, I realize, oh, the first week's not very good. <laughs> every every league, every year I do that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I do. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's opening day of MLB vibes where uh, it seems like they're uh, they're playing little league out there. Well, opening day ain't gonna happen for uh for a little while. They just uh got <laughs> locked out. Yeah, uh congrats to the owners in MLB for destroying baseball. That's yeah, for another podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, the death of baseball coming soon. Big league goes small. <laughs> uh anything else for this week, guys? That's all for me. Wait for a bounce back week from from Sporting KC. That's all I'm saying. I do have one thing I uh, failed to mention earlier. Uh, national team player John Brooks, center back. Uh, it's become official. He won't be back at Wolfsburg. So he's out on the market. Floated around. Of course, St. Louis City could use a center back like that to start. I don't see that fitting in Lutz's philosophy at all. Uh, just for the money alone. Plus, I don't think Brooks is coming. Uh, he's staying in Europe. He'll get suitors. He's good. But that's all I've got. And I'm your host, Mike Turner. I'm your producer, Mason. And I'm your resident cave-dwelling hooligan, Sean. And we are the Soccer Capital Podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. <laughs>